Welcome friends, you're listening to The Feeling is Musical as presented by the Somers County Music Project. My name is Erica Lee and in honor of National Mental Health Month during May, this week we are starting a four-part series all about the various topics within the fields of mental health care. Today we are talking about music therapy and mental health with board-certified music therapist Amy Hines. Amy works with people facing a wide variety of challenges, including dementia, developmental challenges, mental health concerns, and transitions from homelessness. She has worked with adults in both civil and forensic mental health settings, using a wide variety of musical strategies to address cognitive, social, and emotional needs. Thank you, Amy, for joining me today. Yeah. We are practicing our social distancing and podcasting via Zoom for the first time. So we will just see how this goes. Please bear with us if um, anything goes awry in the middle of our conversation. Today, we're just going to do like a basic overview of music therapy and mental health and what that means and what that looks like to help get everybody on the same plane, on the same a common understanding of words we're going to be frequently using. Can you describe for us what does the term mental health mean and what does the term mental illness mean and are there any differences within those two terms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of vague and there is some disagreement on it, but I think it's important to kind of start with that overarching thing because the first thing you think of when you think of mental health is you think of people with mental illness and like what can go wrong with mental health. And so um, people don't really think about mental health as being something broad and something that belongs to all of us, but it, it is something that everybody struggles with and it is something that uh, nobody can do perfectly. It's kind of a challenge for everyone. And there isn't one like specific concrete definition of mental health that everybody agrees on, but I think it has to do a lot with coping with reality and all the stressors that that entails and having a positive relationship with yourself and others and being able to face challenges as they come. Mental illness is kind of a term for really anything that can go wrong, anything in your brain or your mind that makes it difficult to go through your day-to-day life, school, work, relationships, basic taking care of yourself like eating and personal hygiene, things like that. And so usually when the term mental illness is used, that is somebody that has something that makes it really, really challenging, more challenging than it is for most people to just live life. And that can be either acute, which is when it comes on really suddenly and doesn't last for very long, or it can be chronic. It can be something that lasts for years of your life or maybe affects your entire life for the rest of your life. So those are kind of what those terms are talking about. Okay. Would it be an accurate statement that mental illness falls like under the umbrella of a mental health issue? So like the idea of 
all squares or rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares, kind of, where like every everybody has mental health and then your status of that is kind of always in flux. It might be better some days, worse some days, but you can have mental health and then within that you may have a mental illness that is also um, more severely or more chronically in its impact on your mental health. Does that make sense? That's kind of how it is. Yeah. Mental health is just a very, very broad term. And usually when people say like, I work in mental health, you're, you're usually talking about um, people who deal with those illnesses. So mm. mental health is a very broad term. It's not very, even necessarily really a clinical term. It's, it's just applies to everyone. If you say somebody has a mental illness or a mental health condition, that's something that's, that is diagnosed by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. It's something that's diagnosed under a standardized system for diagnosing and treating certain types of conditions. Mm. So that is more clinical and generally um, it's something pretty severe. If you have a mental health disorder, uh, especially a severe one, that's something that really impacts your whole life. Mm. Can you tell me more about the setting or settings that you are specifically working in? And in those settings, how is music therapy supporting people that you're working with? So right now, one of the main things that I do is work at a, an acute psychiatric facility. So those are people who have a, a sudden mental health crisis, might be drug related, might be suicide attempts. It, it's a lot of things, but it's, um, it's something that's really affecting their life. And the average length of stay is usually just a few days before they either, either transfer to another living situation or more long-term care facility or going back into the community or to their home. So it's to basically help them work through their coping skills and some of the things that they deal with before sending them on to somewhere else. Mm. Another thing that I do right now that is somewhat related to mental health is working at a residential facility for uh, individuals who are formerly homeless. So people who are transitioning out of homelessness and trying to have a more stable life. And uh, at that facility, everybody has a mental health diagnosis as well. So that's another type of setting you could do that type of work in. Mm. And so are you working with other professionals within those settings? What sort of interventions are you using? Um, how do you, you walk into the facility and like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. <laughs> so yes, there is a lot of, uh, um, at the homeless facility specifically, there's not a whole lot of things. And so I'm kind of um, one of the main things that is being done there. But that's pretty rare. Usually, yes, you are working with a bunch of different types of people are working on this at the same facilities to work on the treatment of an individual. So um, I've, you know, worked with psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, rec therapists, art therapists, dance therapists, other music therapists, and chaplains sometimes, and mm. all kinds of other um, types of people. The goal being to have really comprehensive care for the individual and sort of 
tweak the whole person with a bunch of different people working in different specialties. And so because right now I work for Snohomish County Music Project, I don't work for a facility. It's a little bit different. So I'm not mm -hmm. like on a team with other professionals. I'm not working with them as directly. I just kind of go into the place and I'm like, hey, and have my instruments and kind of um, just go do my thing while I'm there, do the music therapy work while I'm there and do my best to get a sense of what the culture is like there, what the treatment is like, and how music therapy can kind of fit in with that. Mm. And so can you tell me more about the specific types of interventions that you're doing? Yes, music therapy is, is really broad and it will depend on whatever I think the goals are for the people that I'm working with and what types of needs they have, what they're able to do. All those things, I use recorded music sometimes, like I'll take a song in or pieces of music and we'll do something with that, interact with that in some way. Or maybe I will bring my guitar, I will bring my keyboard, I'll bring ukuleles or drums or things with, with people and we will interact with it in a much more direct way. It always has something to do with music and it's always using the unique properties of music and people's relationships with music to address some of those important needs that people are having when they're in this time of of transition and so a few of the just to give you an example of some of the types of things i might do songwriting i like songwriting a lot because you can do a lot of different types of things work on different types of goals uh, for people, for example, who may have schizophrenia or disorders similar to schizophrenia, they may struggle with sort of cognitive challenges and not always be oriented to reality, not be, you know, out dealing with things that are actually real. And so songwriting can help with that. It can help with the higher level cognitive stuff like decision-making, thinking about things in a sequence, thinking about things in certain categories, organizing ideas, those types of things. You can also use songwriting to work on more social interaction type of stuff, which is also something that's impacted by mental disorders. And um, one thing I'd love to do with songwriting is just use it for kind of deeper processing as well. And that's where you can kind of take some of the things that you've that they have been learning in like maybe their other types of treatment or more verbal types of treatment, some of the things that they've been thinking about and use music as a structured way, a, a motivating and memorable way to think about their strengths, the challenges they're going to face, what changes that they wanna make in their life, things like that, and, and use songwriting as a way to really delve into that in, mm -hmm. Sort of a more structured way. Other things that I like to do are things like learning a song over the course of one or two sessions or bringing in like walking in and saying today we're going to all write something together, some piece of music and by the end of today it'll be finished and it'll be what we want it to be. And so and then kind of through the process of working through that, you can kind of see what people's strengths are. You can also see 
what some of their challenges might be, maybe because of their mental disorder, because of the situation that they're in, maybe they're very withdrawn, maybe they're, you know, narcissistic and playing louder than everybody else, maybe they're aggressive, or they don't have a tolerance built up for being able to keep trying at something even through negative self-talk and through not being successful. So you can kind of use the music to work through those things, workshop them, and give people ideas for different ways that they can approach them to address like social and emotional things that are coming up through the process. So those are like a few of the things that I like to do. Can you tell me uh, more about like, what are the challenges in the work that you're doing? What are things that you have to figure out and adapt to? Especially, I'm curious, given everything that's happening with the pandemic, what are some good things you're seeing out of how other professionals are adapting? And what are some of the related challenges to that? It's definitely challenging to work every, every type of person that you're working with as a music therapist. There's different challenges for working with different types of people in different settings. I would say some of the the biggest things that are difficult for me working in acute psychiatric work specifically is that I don't really get the chance to get to know the patients that well. I don't get to build up a, a relationship with them that much. And so that does affect things. I only work two days a week at, at the psychiatric hospital. And so when I walk in, a lot of times, like, they don't know me. They don't know who I am. I'm like, hi, I'm here to do music. And they don't, like, know anything. And so, like, it can take a while to build up a rapport. And by then, maybe they've discharged and gone somewhere else. So you're always kind of rolling with the punches. You're always um, working up, like, finding new ways to um to you're meeting new people a lot of the time and you're you're trying to find ways to adapt to that and you don't always know because you don't know the group you don't always know what goals are good to work on what their energy level is going to be like what their stability level is going to be like so you may walk in and have something planned and either have to change it or maybe you kind of go with it but it wasn't the best thing and then you have to like kind of keep changing and working as you go instead of being able to build up a relationship with people that you see all the time and just working kind of steadily through that and so there's a lot of challenges there's a lot of uh, things that just happen with people becoming assaultive or very emotional or just a lot of things that arise that you kind of have to be a staff member and there and present and ready to work through all of those sudden unexpected things that might happen within the course of the day. And um, music can also be something that is sort of triggering to people emotionally sometimes. And so sudden emotional changes can sometimes happen. And so I do feel like I have to be more careful and more aware music therapists are always careful and aware of the music Mm. that they use um but it it, in this type of setting even more so because there are like there's fragility there and there are things that can happen specifically related to the musical triggers or or not or other Mm. things as well 
So those are some of the kind of things that um, makes it a little bit challenging to work in that type of setting. As far as the pandemic goes, I think I, I have not personally been, you know, to work there in person or to work at uh, some of my usual psychiatric setting sites um, since, since it started. And, um, and so I'm kind of, it, everything, things are changing for me specifically and trying to set up some more of that like individual one-on-one work instead. And as far as kind of mental health in general, it is uh, a hard time for people because they are experiencing increased isolation and being cut off from social support and from their coping skills at the same time that people are experiencing increased fear and anxiety right now. And so, yeah, this is something that we need to really be aware of right now is how is this impacting your mental health and what can you do within the limited resources that we have to 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 address that to address individual mental health i think it's going to really take its toll on on people's mental health and might have long-term consequences for that mm. so from the perspective of a clinician using music um do you have any specific recommendations for listeners the general community about how they can be intentionally using music both during the pandemic but also just like in their um, non-pandemic related lives to support (laughs) their mental health because eventually the pandemic will be over um, but that doesn't mean that they can't continue using music to support them and cope with other stressors that may come up in their lives. Yeah, that's super optimistic of you. We're going to get through this and the (laughs) pandemic will be over at some point. Yeah, at the time of recording this, that is kind of the reality of what's going on right now. And it is, it is affecting people, but if you're listening to this in the future, then you've gotten through it and that's great. (laughs) Um, Like I said, it is impacting mental health right now and people have a little bit more time on their hands. So what better time to like, become more aware of yourself and your own mental health. And using music to do that is something that people are so used to thinking about music as like just an entertainment thing, like a throwaway entertainment thing. And hey, I don't feel good or maybe I'm just bored. So I'm gonna listen to my favorite music and I'll feel better. That is, that can be helpful to just do that, listening to your own preferred music. If you want to take it a step further, becoming more aware of specifically how the music interacts with you, with your emotions, how it makes you feel, and how it interacts with your body. And one way to start doing that is by thinking of the ISO principle. I think we've talked about that in past episodes as well. But basically, it's the idea, it's a sort of uh, a principle that's talked about a lot in music therapy that has to do with matching the state that somebody is in and then gradually moving that state towards a different state. So to make that all a little bit less esoteric and like mumble <laughs> the the way that you can think about that is like maybe what what is your energy level like? Are you in like a high arousal negative emotional state like anxiety or stress 
or frustration, anger, are you in kind of uh, a low like emotional state like boredom or depression or lethargy? And one way that you can kind of match the music to that is by the speed of music, how fast or how slow it's going. And so if you kind of go by the ISO principle, you might, if you're in that high state of being really stressed out, you start to listen to really fast music. And maybe you listen to like two or three songs of really fast music. And what your body does is it will match up its rhythms, like breathing and heart rate, things like that, with what's going on, rhythms in, in its external environment. So if you listen to something, if you're in like a high arousal state and you listen to something that's fast, your body can match up with that pretty easily. Then what do you do? You just slow it down. Mm. So maybe you listen to a couple of songs that are a little less fast and then a couple of songs that are medium and then a couple of songs that are slower. Your emotions and your body are going to go along for the ride. What if you're like really bored or you wake up and you're like, oh, coronavirus, <laughs> then maybe you use that backwards and work your way up to faster music. And so that's one way to be more intentional about the type of music you listen to rather than just I'm going to listen to music and another thing that has been um, shown seems to be supported in in a couple of uh, really well-known music therapy uh, research studies is that when it comes to reducing your anxiety level live music is more likely to work better with that than recorded music and by live music i mean somebody's in the room with you playing an instrument rather than you're listening on like a streaming app or youtube or whatever sure so that's interesting you, yeah so if you have access to an instrument that you can play or an instrument that somebody else can play take advantage of that because there there are a lot of benefits to listening to music that's being played by a person who's with you and if you don't have that type of access, get creative with pots, pans, body percussion. There's lots of resources online for making instruments. And also one instrument that almost everybody has access to is their voice. So don't worry if you don't think you're a good singer, if you don't think people will want to hear you. Singing is healthy for everyone. And among other things, it forces you to take deep breaths. And, and measure, go for a really long time, take long, slow breaths out. And so it's using music, it's deepening your breath, and that can help you just in and of itself feel more stable and more grounded because you can't sing without doing that. So experiment, find different things that work with you, both musically and non-musically, but be conscientious about it and consider using music. because Yeah. Do lots of karaoke is what I'm hearing. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, we also, speaking, thinking of things people can do if they are at home and don't feel particularly musically gifted or shy about being musically expressive, is the Snowsh County Music Project does have a YouTube channel and we have just put up a bunch of new videos for kids, for adults, teenagers. If you would like resources in addition to 
our YouTube channel, Amy is going to provide me some links. You can find those in the episode notes. They'll also be on our website. The website is S is in Sam, C is in Cat, musicproject.org. If you are interested in learning more about the Snohomish County Music Project, you can follow us on all major social media platforms at SC Music Project. Um, please stay tuned for more episodes coming this month. In addition to Amy, we're talking with other music therapists from around the Puget Sound. Thank you so much, Amy, for chatting with us and sharing about all the things that you know. Thank you listeners for listening and we will talk to you next time.